This is the Evolved Marriage Podcast, episode 43. Today, Kate and I are interviewing Craig and Steph Salazar, and we're talking about how to take care of yourself so you can improve your marriage. Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast. Where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Evolved Marriage Podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. Kate and I are actually interviewing another couple, one of our favorite couples that we've been following uh, on social media, but also their podcast for a very long time. Today, we're connecting with Steph and Craig Salazar. Steph and Craig first met, she was a 911 operator and he was a police officer and they fell in love talking to each other over the radio, which is pretty powerful, a great way to connect. Today, they're happily married and they've evolved and changed together more than they ever have dreamt possible. So they host the Energy is Love podcast, which we love listening to. Together, they share their lives with listeners. And with each episode, they aim to be true to themselves, practice raw vulnerability, and leave you with something to ponder. So welcome, Steph and Craig. Thank you. That was such a great introduction, Pam. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's done this before. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Kate and I were thinking about what we wanted to talk to you guys about, and really it's something that's been coming up in our lives recently. How do we bid for connection in a way that feels very healthy and connecting? And oftentimes we get in our own way. We think that we don't want to overburden our partner. And we really wanted to connect with both of you to understand what are some of the pitfalls that you find when couples are trying to bid for connection with each other and what has really worked for you? One of the things that I feel has made us strong is the being able to lay the groundwork in times when it's not difficult to connect, when you're not stressed. So like you are all in, you're able to talk about everything, just sit and really have that quality time. And it's like nothing is off the table. You have to be willing to bring everything with you. And when you have these deep forms of connection that just go on and on and on, when you have those moments of where it's stressful, you have these tools, these groundwork. So when you're practicing, when you're not activated and not stressed, when you are in those activated and stressed moments, you've already got the skill set. It's like that muscle memory that can come in and guide. Doesn't always work that way. Like sometimes we're still activated and triggered and we have to take that minute, but I think that muscle memory really helps. I think we prioritized connection too. I think it's shifting and changing the way that you look at it as opposed to like, you naturally think that you're in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or whatever, right? And that you're going to be connected because you're going to hang out. You're going to spend time together. You're in the same space and time and kind of occupying everything together, but that doesn't necessarily equate to connection. So that I think we had to learn over the years is like, oh, wait a minute, there's this other thing that happens between the two of us. And it is Mm -hmm. when we are relaxed and it's when we don't have distraction. And that's when like everything you just said, all that stuff gets to come out and you get to kind of show up with each other. That's the connection that we're like chasing and then recognizing the good times to try to get it and Mm -hmm. how it's not so good sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, really identifying it. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I don't know about you guys, but I find when I'm not very healthy, I think that I need something that Kate can give me. And when I when I view it that way, it's almost like, how do I convince her? How do I, you know, really unhealthy? How do I manipulate her? How do I get her to give me this thing that I somehow think will make me feel better? And I think what, what you guys are talking about is really setting this groundwork so that when you're starting to fall into some of those unhealthy patterns, it's very easy to pattern interrupt. Right. And then it's easier to fall back into a connected state because you, you're so used to it, right? You know how to get back there. You understand what it feels like to be there versus like, I don't know how to get there. I'm not sure how, to even, how it even feels when we're connected. So if you don't have that base foundation, 
it's hard to understand first off when you're not feeling it and then understand what it's like when you're actually feeling that connection. <laughs> Eric, I have a question for you. You mentioned some of the unhealthy ways that we'll try to like get from our partner what we're missing, right? So if we're if we're activated or if we're stuck or something like that's happening then in some way, shape or form, we'll kind of manipulate them in order to give us what we need and or want, right? I wonder if you, like recently I've had awareness of the subconscious ways that I do that, where I'll be upset or angry, or I don't even know, like it happened recently and it's hard for me to kind of articulate it because it was this weird realization of, I was kind of like throwing a fit and pouting in a sense. I was isolating myself. I was, I went into our bedroom and there was a twinge inside of me that wanted Stephanie to come make me feel better. But rather than like articulate that to her, I just kept kind of acting out in a sense. And I had this real clear visualization of like how childlike it was because I was like mad and upset. And instead of being able to like communicate that, then I just get angry and frustrated and almost push her away in hopes that she'll come back and make me feel better. And then everything that she does for like the next two hours, if it isn't directly like you're good. I love you. You haven't done anything wrong. You're so important to me. I'm devoting every bit of my attention to you. If it's not that, then it's like, I get mad and I get more angry at her because she's not giving me that, that soothing, that making me feel better in those activated moments. But it's really, really subconscious. Like I didn't even, it seems very um, juvenile almost. So I don't know if you've ever, like you said, like manipulation in a sense of your partner to get what you want out of them. Yeah, 100%. And and the way that I see it, because Kate's very aware of it, we've talked about it a lot, where part of me like wants and needs her for that comfort, for that affirmation. And the other side of me finds that to be very risky. So it's it's like, hey, if I fully need you and I'm fully kind of quote unquote dependent on you, then I risk a lot if you decide to not pour into me. And I think, uh, you know, what we talk a lot about is this idea of like, you know, wanting someone takes risk, right? It, it's it's the fact that you might be refused. And I think when it comes to, that's that's more like the self-validated intimacy side of it. But when you're constantly looking for another person to validate you intimately, it, you're almost always trying to fall into that agreement, which is kind of what I was talking about, this idea of manipulation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I want to make it as safe as possible so that when I do bid, it's almost like, hey, I'm almost guaranteed you're going to give it to me. And that to us, you know, when we talk about it, that's not intimacy. Um, right. What do you think, Steph? Like there, there became a shift. So I agree with that. That's not intimacy. That's, that's, um, cause and effect. But what happens if we just look brave it? Like one of the things that we have started to do is we ask, we just ask, we risk it. We say, this is what I need. This is what I need. I need to be heard in this moment. I need to be witnessed in this moment. Something big happened. And we communicate that effectively with each other. If the other person just seems to not really be given it instead of getting mad most of the time, like obviously it happens, but instead of that, we grab their attention, like, Hey, this is important. I need you to hear me right now. And then that takes our direction. So we're just, we're not afraid to ask for it most of the time, most of the time. And it's so funny that you're talking about asking for it because that's something that I was just, I've, I've been working on in my personal coaching. It's, you know, asking for what it is that I need and, and being okay with expressing my desires and things like that, right? It actually, it actually happened yesterday where I said to Eric, I'm going to do yoga. Do you want to join me? And then that evening, like I went upstairs all pouty, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I said no, by the way. Yeah. He, he said yes. 
He said yes. That's true. I did say and yes. Then, and then and then he was like in the tub, and I was like, "So, are we doing that yoga we were supposed to do?" And he's like, "Yeah, no." And I was like, "Hmm, okay, that's fine." <laughs> and I like walked away, and I was like, "Fine, we're not doing it. It's totally cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't care. I don't care." And then that night, I, yeah. And then that night, I went to bed, and I was so disappointed. I was like. Oh, and just kind of, you know, like the loud sighs. And I was like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, it just sucks because I really wanted to connect with you today. And then when you said, you know, we would do yoga together, I got so excited. And then you said no. And then now I'm like super bummed out because I feel like we didn't hang out. I, we didn't connect today. And I miss you. And I want to hang out and I want to connect. And then he said, well, I didn't really feel that in the way you asked me. You said, do you want to work out with me? So it was kind of like a yes or no. And if it's no, it's like, fine, then go work out. He said, why don't you try asking in a different way next time? Because it would really make me feel more desired and more wanted if instead of saying, you know, do you want to? It's expressing that, like, I really want to work out with you tonight. I really want to do something to connect. I miss you and I want to be with you. I really want to do yoga with you. I think it, that would mean so much to me if we could sit and do that together. And to me, it was such a shift. Like it's such a small shift in the language, but it makes that much of a difference when it comes to the person who's receiving the bid for connection or the bid for, you know, attention, because you're not saying like, do you want to? Yes or no. It's like, I really, really want you. And I really, really need you right now. Are you willing to give that to me? Because I think you do need to create awareness. You know, just like you were saying, Craig, right? It's when you we start to bring this stuff consciously and be like, hey, what am I doing here? Like, I need to be able to open up and be open about what I want in order for my partner to provide it for me. And how many times, you know, we've met a lot of couples where they kind of play this story in their own head and they make those choices for their partner. They're like, I'm going to do this, but they'll probably say no, so never mind. Mm-hmm. And they don't really give their partner the opportunity to have an experience with them to respond to their bid for connection. Yeah, we don't even give them the opportunity to say no because <laughs> yeah. we're, already, we're already like, no, nah, no, nah, he's just, <laughs> I'm going to decide that for him. The thing I think that gets us a lot and that we have actively been working on lately, oftentimes I won't take into consideration where she's at emotionally. So it's very similar where it's like, I think she's asking to hang out and do yoga and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, but I won't understand what she's saying underneath all of that. And mm-hmm. so it's the difference between how we communicate, especially how we communicate our emotions. I communicate like my emotions vastly different than Stephanie does, but it's this differentiation between like, Hey, this is really important right now. And I need you to pay attention to me. And it's not a forceful mean. It's just this thing that we've kind of spoken with each other enough now that it's like suddenly, okay. Cause uh, you know, you're talking throughout the day and you're having conversations and you're communicating and it's on a certain level. And then at some point you want to drop into that lower level, but the other person has been at this other, just regular everyday communication. So they're not aware of that. So we have like this go-to thing. That's like, I really need to talk right now, or this thing's really important to me. Then it's setting down everything, totally shifting your attention and be like, I'm here, I'm ready. Or give me a minute, right. You know, let's do that conversation in five minutes or whatever. Let me finish what I'm doing. But that's helped immensely because I get so completely like over my head. I'm just not on the same emotional wavelength that she's on a lot of times. So when she goes to communicate an emotional need that she doesn't communicate, like, it's not like Steph comes up and says, Hey, I have an emotional need that needs to be met. <laughs> right. And I'm like, Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Let me finish this email. And I'm going to meet your emotional need. I've I not wish. got that language yet. <laughs> Instead, it comes in very different forms. <laughs> 
that I have to uh, interpret sometimes. And I think the less interpretation we have to do as partners, the better, because like you guys have talked about, like I'm creating the narrative in my head already, as opposed to what they're really trying to say or what we're really trying to accomplish with each other. Was it always like that? I mean, oh, no. I wonder what, yeah, like <laughs> where was the shift in that? Like, how did you sit down and start to enter into this Blood, conversation? Sweat, of tears. Like, <laughs> right. Because I think a lot of couples, right, we understand this concept, like, hey, there's important things we need to do, but we're constantly avoiding them. So I guess I'm wondering, what was the shift in your marriage when you finally decided like, hey, some things are very important to us and we have to put these front and center? I mean, we've had major shifts over the, because we've been together for 10 years. I think it just got to the point where it was like recognition of the way that we're doing things obviously isn't working. And sometimes that recognition comes from just the chaos that you're in, right? I mean, we've been on really extreme ends of the spectrum when it comes to connection, where we're incredibly disconnected and just swirling around each other in a bunch of chaos and pain and suffering. It wasn't until I think, I think it was when I started doing all the men's work stuff that I really was able to slow down and communicate in a different way than I ever have before. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And that was like 2017, went on some retreats and got heavily involved in the practice of all of their um, kind of their dogma and everything like that. And it was incredibly beneficial and kind of the ethos of it was just slowing down, checking in with your body really communicating from those places from an emotional standpoint. And for me, that shifted everything. And I think I brought that back to our relationship ever since then. I think that was a huge catalyst for us is just really being able to connect and communicate in a different way, but it was messy. It was super messy for years and years. Cause I mean, she had no groundwork for what I had been doing. So I come home and I'm like, hey, we're going to do this thing. Slow down. Tell me what you're feeling. No, tell me what you're really feeling. No, tell me what you're really feeling. Slow yeah. down. <laughs> it was like expected to from me to meet him yeah. where he was having this. And I was just starting because everything that I was doing was very much um, coming from that space of wanting, I guess, wanting to make it work, wanting to provide like myself was not a factor. It was all about Craig. It was all about the relationship. I forgot the me part of the us. That was super, super challenging. So he was going through all this and ready to have these conversations for what was working for him, but that didn't work for me. And I didn't know how to connect to myself on that. So then I as well went on like my, my big retreat, my journey, my woman's work, and which kind of like took off that way. I had already started branching out and finding out what I wanted, but I had to find myself and be willing to mess up these conversations and not get it right and keep trying and just like keep messing it up over and over again before. And then, and then things started to shift. We just had to keep going. And then it stopped being so rocky consistently. And we started hitting those smooth parts where we could get into our flow. The big thing that we also are capable of doing now that we haven't been over the course of our relationship is letting things like sit, like we don't have to address this thing Mm -hmm. right now. And so I think early on in our relationship, time seems so like, you know, this issue that we're having has to be addressed right now. And we have to solve this problem right now. Otherwise it's going to cause all these issues and all this, like we can't move past this one thing. And now we're like, putting that thing up on the shelf because we can't deal with that shit right now. We've dealt with that before. We know what it leads to. Eventually we'll get to it. And 
we can at least set it aside so that it doesn't get in the way of life or what we're doing, or even just that connection that we really, really almost fuels us and we kind of feed off of it. But that's come, I think, with like the maturity of a relationship um, of just being able to set something down and know that that doesn't mean it's the end of the world and, you know, we're not going to ever go back to it and it's going to destroy us. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I don't want to take up too much more of your time, guys, because but this has been so amazing. You know, just based on what you were saying, I do think about this idea that when you are at a healthier place, some things are just non-issues. But I guess my, my last question, just as we start to wrap up, is if you were to give some nugget of advice to new couples who kind of feel stuck when it comes to expressing what they want, connecting with their partner, what's some really foundational advice that you would give that might help them out? I'm going to go first because it just popped into my head. Do it. Give you a second to think. One of the things that I think has been massively uh, beneficial for Steph and I is we have our own language and we didn't really realize it until, I don't even remember, it's been a few years now, but it's all the little things that we say to each other that only her and I know what they're about. All these little phrases, it's stuff that we'll use in reference to a situation. So it's literally just kind of like cultivating your own relationship with each other that's unique to the two of you. And then building off of that, because when I say sync to her, she knows what that means. And it immediately gives her like this warm feeling in her heart. And it'll take her back to all of these beautiful moments that we've had. And so it brings like all of that loving, good energy right to the moment that we're in. And we have those all the time because of that little language that we've created with a bunch of different little things that we say to each other. And that just happens over time. But if you bring awareness to it, you know, it's one thing if you like sit down and be like, okay, we're going to banana is now this word, or like, it's not the type of thing <laughs> that you make up and create your own language. You find it as you go along and you find it on your journey with each other and kind of what stands out and what you continually kind of go back to and then use it, grab a hold of it and make it your own little language. That's just secret between the two of you. And I think that's helped immensely with connection and growth. And it just makes like this thing that we're doing feel special. And I love how much that shows up in your Instagram and in your stories and all those things. Like you can really see that special connection between the two of you. You have like all these (laughs) jokes between each other and the way you look at each other. Like you can really see it that you guys deeply, deeply know each other and you have this special bond that you probably don't have with anybody else but the two of you. So I find that so special, you know, and and it's such a, a prime example of what you can really create when you want to evolve as a couple and when you want to put in that time and energy and and attention to your relationship. Thank you. Okay, okay. Good on you too. I guess that's a great way to wrap up. I mean, where can people find you? We want to send them your way. We love your podcast. I'm not going to lie. It's actually just like being with two friends hanging out. It actually, you know, brings so much warmth to my heart when I'm just walking and listening and I can hear you guys just talking about stuff. It feels like I'm there with you guys. But where, where can people find you? Um, obviously our website. That's got everything. All the links there. Um, Energieslovepodcast.com. You can find the podcast literally everywhere. Uh, do go follow us on Instagram. And then we just expanded to throw all of our clips on a separate YouTube channel. So now there's a clips channel and then our regular channel that has all the full episodes and some other stuff that we've got planned coming up. What are you guys putting out into the world in 2022? I mean, what's so important to you and where's your energy going in this next year? Um, we are going to be doing some workshops. We are going to be putting that on so you can help build connection. And we are also working with couples 
also like some in-person events. We're going to do some live podcasting probably in the fall here in Salt Lake City. So people will be able to come out and watch. And yeah, we just have a lot of stuff coming up. I think you guys are going to impact the world, which is really amazing. Sounds like so much fun. So thanks so much for being here, you two. Please make sure to follow them on Instagram and check out their YouTube channel. Uh, You guys are doing amazing things. And this was an absolute blast. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. As usual, please like, subscribe, and share this episode with somebody you love if you think they're going to get some value out of it. If you are an Apple podcast, please leave us a rating and review. It always helps us deliver a message and really grow uh, what we're doing here in order to impact marriages all over the world. Uh, We love you. You, We hope you enjoyed this episode. Kate and I will be back next week uh, up to our usual antics. So we look forward to connecting with you then.